This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, guys. DG Asun KMOX, few minutes past 4 p.m. So being 59 years old, I'm exactly in the wheelhouse of uh, lots of the conspiracy theories and Amelia Earhart. And I've always been especially interested in that and went down a, a rabbit hole a few years ago about that and the island with giant crabs and such. And I was going through TikTok uh, uh, over the weekend and I, I saw this image and says like, ah, Amelia Earhart's plane could could have been found. And as, as always, I, I braced myself for disappointment, but it appears that it really could be real. And the general Gentleman who is uh, making all this happen, Tony Romeo, CEO of Deep Sea Vision, joins us now. Tony, thank you so very much for being with us. Can't wait to talk about this. Great, absolutely. I just want one comment about your intro, though. That I just want to point out. You mentioned you were fifty-nine. Um, it is the one thing I've learned the last couple of days is how this story resonates with everyone. It's um, I've had so many people email me about their first grade daughters are just uh, tickled pink because uh, we found the plane. So it's, it's, I mean, it's just a a story that I think America loves. Yeah. And Tony, my mom is going to be 97, uh, still alive, still kicking and same for her. I mean, you know, you're right. Every generation, this has been a thing. Um, So before we get into what you have discovered and what the next steps are, you have a pretty interesting story of how you funded this whole thing. Tell us about that. Yeah, so to, to break it down, part of the, some of the stories report I spent eleven million dollars in the expedition, which isn't really an accurate number. What the, the, the real numbers are? We, we I started business. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I make investments. It was a it was a nine. I purchased uh, sonar equipment that was about nine million dollars to fund to basically capitalize deep sea vision. Um, we've done another aircraft search since the Amelia project. We were hired to do it's uh, it's in Australia working on another project right now. So. DC Vision is my company. I funded it. Uh, I will purchase the the Hugen Six Thousand for that company. The expedition to find Amelia was just our first project, and that cost about two million, um, significantly less than any of the you know previous searches that have done. We've had the advantage, of course, of having newer equipment. Um, you know, we had Starlink connections out there, more fuel efficient boats, things like that. So as time goes on, you know, obviously, new expeditions have an advantage. But really, it was a two million dollar expedition. Um, and uh, we founded a company. We'll, hopefully, we'll we'll, uh, we'll take a shot at other you know lost things in the oceans too. But um, you know, now we're working on working on a lot of different projects around uh, the Pacific. So, uh, Tony, to what degree does this spot where you have found this image that looks a whole lot like a plane? To what degree does that line up with the historicity of uh, of the Amelia Earhart story? 
so the she was flying from Papua New Guinea. She took off from Ley and flew approximately 2,500 miles to a tiny little island with no one on it. No one lives there. Uh, called Howland Island in the middle of Pacific, Central Pacific, almost exactly on the equator. Um, and she intended to land there and then take off and go to Hawaii. Um, she makes six radio calls on the way to the island. There's a navigator, there's a, a radio operator that's writing down what her navigator Going out uh, to her, and she was re- relaying on, over the radio. And through those six messages, we get a kind of a, a, a fairly, uh, you know, indistinct image of what she was doing and her intentions. Um, and, uh, you know, we can roughly put her within certain parameters, certain distances of the island um, based on those messages. One of them, the one, the last one she says is on the line 157337, which is a bearing north and south. Uh, difference in the island um, another message she calls out she says we're 200 miles away we're 100 miles away from the island and then she says we must be on you so she's tracking very close to the island the people on the boat uh that were there waiting to meet her uh thinks that she's very close as well based on how loud the signals come through so we we took all that information plotted it on a map divided it up into sectors and then began searching so the technology i mean it... We have AI, we have a, a little helicopter on Mars, but this image from like 16,000 feet under the, the ocean, this is about as impressive as I have seen. Explain how this is possible. So the sonar goes down 6,000 meters, and then it basically mows the lawn back and forth, back and forth. It's got a multitude of sensors, um, and it, it gathers terabytes of data during uh, just a very short, about 36 hours, it'll come up the surface, and all this data is then pulled out of the system and then analyzed for, you know, whatever, you know, filtered for whatever you're looking for. In this case, an, uh, an airplane. We were looking for an object between basically 10 and 30 meters. Um, everything else that was smaller or bigger, we basically disregarded. We always assumed that she landed the plane safely and smoothly on the water, um, and it didn't, you know, it didn't break up and it didn't create a debris field. If she had broken up and the plane was in small pieces, we would we would probably not have found it because we weren't looking for small little parts. Yeah. Um so that was that was one of our first things. And as we started scanning, we knew that we, we discovered that the seafloor was very flat and sandy. So um, anything that was protruding up that, you know, certainly was of that size and that looked like a plane, you know, you immediately have to start asking a question. OK, this is a really, uh, really promising target. Um, so that's why you'd be really hard pressed to tell me that this isn't, um, you know, this isn't an aircraft. Yeah. Now, someone someone could. Yeah. So that, I, we feel really good about it. Uh, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Tony Romeo, the CEO of Deep Sea Vision, who may have very well found Amelia Earhart's plane. So, Tony, to to that point, reasonably speaking, I mean, it could be 50 gorillas or something, but reasonably speaking, what else could it be if it's not an aircraft? It could be it could be another aircraft. Um, it might not be hers. Uh, that, that is a possibility. Um, and, you know, in, in all the attention and, and publicity that this is getting, uh, perhaps somebody knows of an aircraft that went missing the area. And, you know, it's, a, it's amazing how the Internet digs things up. Um, it could be another, you know, man-made object that's, uh, you know, formed an aircraft-shaped looking uh, uh, pile of whatever on the, on the seafloor. Um, it, uh, it could be a natural formation of rock or sandy berm or something like that that looks like um, an aircraft. So, I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're open to skepticism. I think that's, you know, we're, we're very much working with the Smithsonian and, the, and other folks that have uh, uh, done, you know, greats like David Jordan, uh, who's done three searches out there. Uh, we've, we've sought their input on it. So we're open to skepticism. Uh, we're not, you know, we're, we're not definitely not saying this is absolutely the plane, but we're, uh, we're very optimistic.
And and Tony, this really is reminiscent of the Titanic because uh, it's historical. It's fascinating to everyone. And Amelia and Fred Noonan could could still be there. So you have to treat it with such great respect. Uh, What is your next move? Tell us kind of the plan from here on out. Yeah, I think everyone thinks believes that they should be at the uh, you know the Smithsonian at some point. Um, how it gets there and the time, it's hard to say. We'd like to confirm it's the plane first, then follow up with uh, sort of a little bit of analysis how the plane is uh, lying in the sand, um, and then if it's possible, even bring the plane up. I think you know, I think Amelia needs to be brought home. I mean, we've heard from all kinds of folks that uh, the plane should be you know left alone or it's. Uh, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, it's a grave site, which it is to people possibly. She may have, they may have gotten out of the plane. That's something we don't know yet. If, if the hatch is open, they may have climbed out and, and swam away. Um, uh, you know, so that, that's, a, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, that's, that's something when we get down there and take photos of it, we'll see, oh, the hatch is open. So clearly uh, at least one of them made it out or possibly made it out. Um, it would have been difficult for them too, because the plane would have nosed over and basically went straight down because of the center of gravity was very far forward on that airplane. So it would have been difficult for her to climb up and, you know, water rushing through the cockpit to climb up through that um, until it was completely full and then maybe swim out. But I, I don't know. I mean, I think it would have been very difficult for her to get out of there in, in, in that sort of orientation. And, Tony, am I correct? It, it is uh, lying even deeper than the Titanic. And if so, tell me, um, uh, especially given the tragedy that we had with the sub a few months ago, uh, how tricky that will be to get down there. 4,500 feet deeper than the Titanic. Uh, we don't plan to turn this into a, you know, kind of a tourist destination. Uh, it wouldn't, you know, that, that uh, I think there were some problems with the Titan design. And, and um, as we've seen, um, you know, if we go down and do a, a submarine visit or a submersible visit with a man, I should say a man submersible visit, um, it'll be in, in a safe uh, via, a vessel similar to what James Cameron used or something like that that's proven technology mm-hmm. that, you know, the industry, uh, you know, has deemed safe to use. I, I don't know. We, I, I'd love to get down and do something like that. I think an IMAX is, um, you know, terrific kind of, uh, you know, uh, 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 has a terrific appeal for something like this. I mean, being out on the ocean and for 100 days out there, I mean, the visuals are just fantastic. The, the sky at night, the stars, the waves, the the, the AUV going into the ocean and down. So, I mean, it, this is the kind of thing that's very rich in, in, in you know, photographic kind of uh, uh, a feel. So I hope we can really bring bring that back so everybody can really enjoy the expedition and the discovery with mm-hmm. us. Um, we're open to a lot of different ideas, and folks out there listening have thoughts. Um, you know, please look us up and send them to us. But uh, I will have to mention that it's extremely hard to do an expedition like this, to get something together. It's not – I mean, these sure. – I mean, they come together every, you know, like three – years. So, I mean, we're hoping sometime this year, but it may be next year before we can actually get the whole thing organized. Tony, as you know, there's so many theories of what happened to Amelia, including uh, surviving and landing on an island. If this is her aircraft, how close is it to any meaningful uh, piece of land? It's about three days cruise from anything. Oh, yeah, it's oh a wow. a good question. So, wait. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, which was always on the front of our minds. If somebody got hurt out there or their hand got cut off or got sick or hard, I mean, we, you know, it would have been, it would not have been a, a helicopter ride off of it. It would have been a, a, a long way to get back to, to the hospital. And those islands out there, they're Pacific. They're kind of uh, a little bit, you know, second world or, you know, they're yeah. not, they're developing maybe. And so they're not, they're not exactly the, the state of the art facilities that we have in the United States. So it would have been, you know, but fortunately no one got hurt. We had a great trip. Um, it was uh 
no down days for equipment, vessel, anything. It was just, I mean, everything went super smoothly. Um, we saw lots of really cool uh, marine life, dolphins. We saw a pot of uh, pilot whales. Um, we saw birds 200 miles mm. from the from any 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 land. Which I mean, explain that to me. It was incredible. Um, uh, living basically out of the ocean. So, Tony, a bit of a philosophic existential question here, but uh, being out there where you were and and being able to go under the ocean to that extent, you have had experiences that most humans never will. Uh, how did it affect you? How has it changed you just being able to do these sorts of things? Uh, it was a fantastic experience. Um uh, lucky to have a wife back on that, that, uh, you know, let me go out and do this and take care of the family. Um, I, you know, I wish everybody would have an experience like this. It's, it's a time to kind of really, uh, to think and, and, and really get away from the, the, the honking horns and the, the bustle and the, the emails and the dingings and all the, you know, all the stuff that yeah. we have or technology we have around us. And it was just quiet and peaceful out there. It was, it was, uh, it was nice. I mean, I, I, I miss it, but uh, and on the same, you know, same token, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's nice to be plugged into the world too. But it, it, for uh, for about three months, uh, mm. uh, you know, we all grew beards out there. That's kind of thing to do when you're out at the ocean. Um, and uh, we bonded as a team. There was about ten of us on there. We became really good friends and uh, got on each other's nerves as well. But uh, you know, hell of an experience. That's uh, Tony Romeo, CEO of Deep Sea Vision. Tony, how do people keep up with you? Uh, deep.c.vision, uh, Instagram, that's deep.c.vision, Instagram. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be posting our announcements uh, coming up soon. Great. Can't wait to talk to you again. Tony, thanks for taking a few minutes. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. So just talking to the guy about Amelia Earhart, and we were talking about, I think it's Flight 19, the Bermuda Triangle, mm-hmm. and uh, of all these things, you know, the Bermuda Triangle, aliens, Bigfoot, uh, time vortexes where people take off from Florida and they land in uh, Connecticut and it took them four minutes. Of all of that, wouldn't it be fascinating to know what is the most crazy conspiracy theory, paranormal thing that's actually true? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like if we could just really find it out. Like medical science goes, yep, ghosts exist. Here's Larry. Or, you know, we caught a Bigfoot. He's in a cage. We did DNA testing. There you go. Because some of this stuff, I guess, although hardcore skeptics would say, no, none of it. Nothing that seems yeah. weird is ever going to be true. Well, the, the the most likely, just on the odds, is probably finding life somewhere else. Agreed. Because the universe is so big and we have ways of detecting life billions of light years away. Um you know, I know people won't believe that you're doing it. You know, it's always like, well, that's not real, even though it's spectrum analysis and they do. It's a actual scientific process. But that statistically, that's probably the most likely. But why not finding new species? I mean, we find new species all the time. I want to find Nessie. Me Man, too. I was deep into that as a kid. Yeah, Man, that was like the OG. I think that's like the gateway. For yeah, a, you're right. Because the kids. pictures and all that. But it is also like when you think about it, eh, it's a pretty big creature for a pretty small leg. What's it going to eat? You know, once I started reading that, I'm like, oh, oh, come on. You have to have faith, Kevin. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know how that little guy got there. Someone hates Nessie. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. I, I would love for it to be true. It'd be phenomenal. It is, it is really, because Kevin's not the only person who does this. There are a lot of people who do this. But it's funny to hear somebody who, like, buys into as much stuff as Kevin does. Yeah. 
hit a wall, and then they're like, oh, sure, yeah, okay. There's a sea oh, monster just it. in the lake. I do it all the time. Well, I'm just saying I, I have read people who have scientists who made that point. What would it eat? There's not enough in there that could feed it. I'm like, oh, that's actually a really good point. Nobody's ever said that about Bigfoot. There was a, a very passionate debate on Sasquatch Chronicles the other day about whether uh, Bigfoot's eyes are red from eye shine or whether they're self-illuminating. And I'm like, hey, boys, <laughs> how about we find a Bigfoot first? <laughs> yeah. We can ask him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll yeah, show we him a flashlight in his eyes and we'll know. Bigfoot's got dry eye. He won't <laughs> you know, stop rubbing them. So, so we were, like during the break, another thing we talked about from that conversation was how how much of the ocean floor has actually been mapped out. It's like 25%. And I know there's a group that's, that's impressive. I know. And there's a group that wants to get it all done in six years. Who knows if they can. But as I pointed out, like it would take a thousand years for one boat yeah. to do it. Well, nobody yeah, can do one boat. That would be ridiculous. But still, it's going to take a lot of boats mm-hmm. over a long period of time. What do you think the odds are that we could we could explore digitally or technologically the areas of the earth that we haven't gotten to on foot? I think this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Very good. Like the Congo. I think you know? Very good. Between LIDAR and whatever they're going to invent in the next 10 or 20 years, right. uh, I think we're going to find lost civilizations underwater. Uh, I, think, I, think it's, I, think, I think we're going to change human history. In the next 10 or 20 years, technology will change the way we look at human history. I'm, uh, how do you get, where do you guys land on Atlantis? I'm pretty bullish on Atlantis. No idea. I'm a, I'm an agnostic. I'm by, I bought into Atlantis early and I stayed. I mean, I think, I think it's cool, but I don't have any reasoning. Like I don't have anything where I'm like, oh, this is the reason I think it's real. I just yeah. think that it's, neat. I think it'll end up being something like the Minoan society in Santorini. I doubt that it will be an advanced society with flying machines. Same. And- yeah. I, I don't think that. I just think it was a, a. A city, a civilization that was lost beneath the And again, maybe advanced for its time. Yeah, sure. Right, but not necessarily what we think of as advanced now. Yeah. Um, I'm still, I know I mentioned earlier, but I'm still fascinated by what they can do once you can do a better job exploring Antarctica. What you can find, what's Same. underneath there. Because, it again, it was part of the rest well, of the world before. Either Admiral Byrd 
who is a highly decorated, respected guy, saw something or he lost his brain out there. Which is possible. Which is possible. Forty DGS on Camelax. I just walked by my boss Steve Moore's office, and he goes, "See you later, Dave." And I thought he was kidding because sometimes we'll sneak out. And uh, I'm like, "Oh, am I am I uh, cleared to leave?" And he goes, "Don't you tell me it's not 5 p.m." <laughs> <laughs> He's had such a long day. <laughs> I'm like, "I'm sorry, my brother. It's only 4:30." Uh, let's do some audio. My first one is really fascinating. I think uh, Donald Trump is giving some sort of a press conference or a speech, and a reporter asks basically, "Hey, do you have any plans to use your campaign funds to pay off your penalties?" Meaning, E. Jean Carroll, who is 83.5 plus f- the previous five, so 88.5 million, and the uh, fraud case in New York, where it should come out today or tomorrow, and they're talking about numbers in the hundreds of millions. And uh, this was his response. Do you plan to try to use campaign funds or tax money to try to pay some of the penalties in uh, New York defamation and fraud cases? I don't understand what. Are, are you thinking of potentially trying to use campaign money to pay some of those penalties that you for? What penalties? In the New York fraud case, the defamation case. I, I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, that's been proven as far as I'm concerned. And actually, we won in the Court of Appeals. You probably saw that. That case has been largely won in the Court of Appeals. Uh, that was a political case coordinated with the White House by the Attorney General, I assume is what you're talking about. And we won that case largely in the Court of Appeals. This is one of my problems with Donald Trump. That's delusional. You didn't win the cases. You lost the cases. You you won a minor uh, procedural part of it in the Court of Appeals, which, by the way, as a former litigator, happens all the time. Interlocutory appeals. You're doing a case and you have five or six things and you send them up and you win a couple, you lose a couple. It's a very, very minor thing. Uh, he has officially lost the E. Jean Carroll case. He can appeal. But right now he owes $90 million. Uh, he's going to lose the uh, the fraud case in New York because the judge found against him through summary judgment months ago. Very beginning, yeah. Now it's just a matter of how much money he's going to pay. So either he is just, he doesn't want to admit it, and he's just being kind of salty. That's okay with me. But if he actually believes what he's saying, that's you're, you're just not living in reality. You didn't win the cases. Uh, you lost the cases. And you didn't win on appeal. You won a small procedural victory that didn't change much of anything except for Ivana. Yeah. And he will be appealing of course, he both will. for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's. I guess that's where I disagree with you, Dave. You say it's fine with you if he's just salty and trying to deflect. Well, I prefer it. Right, right. But the thing is, when you do that, you open the door for other people to be delusional. Fair I point. mean, it's because exactly what he did with Jan 6. To, yeah, fair right. point. Right. That's the same thing about the election. They've not provided the evidence that they say they have. I guess why I prefer it is I want because he very well may be the next president. Right. You want him to be of sound mind. Yes. Yeah. I don't want yeah. him to be like, what are you kidding me? We own Israel. I mean, like, that's as crazy as saying that you won those cases because you didn't. Yeah. Boy, well, that's a you talk about a question. Do you want somebody that believes things that are not real or someone that doesn't care if it's real? And just going to say what they want anyway. I think it's just kind of the, his his last stand. I mean, it's not that much different from the election to me. It's his last stand is just when confronted with somebody going, 
Well, you you like well, to win, but you, know you lost, else? and he just goes, "No, I didn't." I think it's quite possible because he's such a believer. He believed the idiots about 2020, and it led to January 6th. There may be idiot attorneys and and hangers on around him telling him these things. And he may want to believe it so much that that's what he's going with. At some point, someone's going to have to break the bad news to him that, no, sir, you lost and you have to write a check for X millions of dollars. What happens if he just won't? Eventually they take it. They garnish it. They Mm. seize it, you know. Which would take another court proceeding. And... Yeah, but once once you're down to that, you're you're pretty much down to okay. the short hairs. Okay, Rach, what else we have? Uh, you have some audio from Kurt Russell. I'm not sure what it is. Oh, uh, probably too long. Okay. It, it was really good. I was watching a TikTok. He's such a cool dude. He's I love Kurt and Russell. he was talking about. Well, you know, play it. What the have? All right, let's play it. Well, it's like, look, I, you know, I'm pretty lazy by nature. <laughs> Remember, there have been many different times when people, you know, wanted to do something. I don't know. I'm a movie guy. You have to understand that from my point of view. Whether it's Elvis or Snake Plissken or Jack Burton or R.J. McCready, that was that project. That was that thing. You get into that mindset. You you create that. You want to make that world happen. It's like I used to do interviews when, when Elvis was coming out, and they would say, "Come on, do a little Elvis for us." And, you know, it's like I, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You don't just slide in and out of Elvis. You you you, you go to work on it. You refine it, <laughs> and then you do it, and you get paid for that. I come from a different era. I wasn't interested in expanding financially off of something that we had created or that I had created in terms of a character. And I get business people, sure. Well, we could we could do this with that. We could do this with that. Or we could do this with that. You know, and I look at it and he goes, that's not written by John. That, that's, that's not, that doesn't smell right. Isn't that great? John's not here. To like, hey, we can turn Snake Plisted into an action figure. And he's like, no, it's, I just did a movie. Movie's mm-hmm. over. That's cool. I love that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more piece of audio from you, Dave. It says lunch GF. It's, it's the kid. Oh, this is great. Okay. It's a cute little TikTok. You're going to love this. A little like kindergartner who's really upset with his mom because she left him a love note that got in the way of his girlfriend. Oh, no. Did you eat all your lunch? That's no, cool. actually, because my girlfriend was in a lot of calls for me, and you put a note that says, I love you, babe. Because I put a note in your lunchbox that said, I love you, babe? Yes. Your girlfriend got mad? Yes. <laughs> How old is cute. the kid? Kindergarten. Oh, I say yeah, he's got to be, be like five. Yeah, five or six, right? But, and he's so serious. She the got way, mad. The way he says, she's like, oh, you got in trouble for that? He's like, yes. <laughs> I saw the note that said, I love you, babe. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 